Welcome to Chalk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. After a long offseason, happy to have some basketball to talk about today. On today's show, we will recap the win over Oral Roberts and loss to Missouri. We'll also get you ready for Saturday's matchup with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Great show coming up right after this. Welcome to the Talk Angry Podcast, your destination for Wichita State Shocker basketball. Join us every episode from the Forge Audio Production Studio as we dive into game recaps, analysis, and interviews. And now, here are your hosts, Dustin Kuhn and Taylor Eldridge. Welcome back to Talk Angry with Kuhn and Eldridge. On our last show, we did a preview of the Bad Boy Mowers crossover classic, had you ready for Shocker basketball, and then... COVID strikes again. The Shockers, you know, have some members of the traveling party with COVID, don't participate in the event in South Dakota, and uh, had their first two games this past week, a home win over Oral Roberts, and then their non-conference home winning streak snapped in a loss against Missouri. Let's start with the Oral Roberts game. Taylor, Shockers win 85-80, fairly close game. You know, they're down by nine at several different times. Need a big second half from Tyson Etienne. To, to come back and win the game. What'd you think about that first matchup with Oral Roberts? Yeah, the big thing that, that stuck out to me was just Tyson at the end. You know, that that's the the kind of heater that, you know, WSU knows that he can go on and he finally delivered and, and it came when absolutely WSU absolutely needed it to happen. You know, it was it kinda had that, that twenty eighteen vibe of uh the Louisiana Tech loss or twenty nineteen and uh um, it kind of had those vibes, you know, halfway through the second half, they're down nine to Oral Roberts, at, at, you know, in the second half and just nothing was going their way. And Tyson Etienne, you know, he, he rescued the shockers, uh, in that game and just went on a heater, uh, and give, you know, coach uh, Isaac Brown, a lot of credit for, you know, recognizing it and, you know, just, uh, p- piggybacking off of it because, you know, once he hit two shots, uh, WSU started running sets for him. Uh, they started putting him at point guard to get him the ball in his hands, and they really started force feeding him, and uh, you know capitalizing on on that hot shooting stretch. So, um, yeah, I think WSU uh, they ripped off like a 24 to eight run uh, when they were down nine. So you know you, you turn that nine point deficit into like a, I think it was like a seven point lead uh, with Etienne doing a lot of the scoring. I think he had 15 of his 26 uh, during that stretch. So, um, really impressive stuff from the sophomore. And uh, yeah, he just showed kind of a glimpse of what's what what he is capable of, and uh, you you're starting to see a little bit of that leap from freshman to sophomore year. Another player that showed out that first game was Altariq Gilbert. He had 18 points and looked all of the floor general that Shocker fans have been expecting. Yeah, he's just a real smooth, um, really shifty guard for for WSU, and you know every both of the coaches who uh, the Shockers have played so far have both complimented. Altariq just saying that you know he's so tough to stay in front of because you know he's just so fast so quick and uh, his moves are just you know so smooth and he just makes it look easy out there and uh, the big challenge for WSU is just spacing the floor and giving him you know room to operate and uh, you know you saw flashes this first game against Oral Roberts where he had room to operate but you know the second game coming up what we're about to talk about with uh, Missouri the floor kind of shrank on him but yeah he's He's every bit as as good as, you know, WSU uh, made him out to be. And uh, this is what I've been told all summer is that, you know, this guy is going to be a leader. He's going to be the, you know, the main ball handler and he's going to 
you know, give WSU something on offense that hasn't had in the last two years. And that's someone that can just create off the bounce and, and get their own shot. And I think you've seen in both of these games where, where Altarique has really been able to, you know, um, create uh, not just for himself, but for others as well. Do you think the team was hampered at all by the eight scholarship players in the first game? I believe they had nine scholarship players against Mizzou. Had, had, I mean, do you think that affected the game plan to where they're not able to, you know, get into certain sets or do things they want to do? Do you think the team will look different as, you know, certain reinforcements come back this week and, and should be ready to play for Saturday against Oklahoma State? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the biggest thing is that, um, I kind of just wrote a story about this on Kansas.com too, and uh, maybe I was a little too critical of this last game too, because I, I you kind of you have to keep in mind that uh, WSU has not been able to practice, you know, five on five for the last two weeks, and uh, you know the the trickle down effect that has is not not only are you playing shorthanded, you know, in these games, which affects you know rotations, it, it affects uh, the positions that players have to have. You know, Coach Isaac Brown said after. Uh, the game, you know, uh, you know, Trevin Wade, and he's having to play shooting guard, something he never did this summer. Uh, you know, Trey Wade's having to see minutes at the center, something he, he's never had to do. You know, guys are having to play different positions that they're not familiar with, and that just, you know, has a huge effect on the offense and, and the way things look. And um, so not only are they playing shorthanded, but it's just affected the players that, that are playing too. So, you know, obviously the depth is, gonna, is going to help. Uh, hopefully they can get back fully healthy this week. Uh, you know, no, no positive COVID test, uh, you know, barring any kind of setbacks, they should have their full squad coming this week and uh, have a full team for Saturday's game against Oklahoma State. But yeah, I mean, it had a huge impact these first two games and um, yeah, credit the Shockers for being able to, you know, pull out that first one and then, uh, and then obviously affected them a little bit more against, a, you know, a more veteran, more athletic uh, Missouri team the second game. What's interesting in that first game against Oral Roberts, you only had three bench players, but they are actually plus 15 in bench production over Oral Roberts. I thought it was great. They scored 85 points, shot 40.9% from the field. But one thing we saw in the first game that carried over to the second game is the rebounding issues, uncharacteristic for a Shocker team. They were out-rebounded by Oral Roberts by two. Missouri out-rebounded them by three in Sunday's 72-62 victory over Wichita State. And it kind of reminded me of the game they played against West Virginia last year where you just had some some tall, you know, got athletic bigs that that Missouri had and it didn't really ever seem like they were able to really control much of anything on the glass. Yeah, I mean, uh, that is uh, it's kind of like how it felt. Um I mean, the numbers uh I mean, West Virginia was much more devastating on the offensive rebounds um last year against them. Missouri definitely had the height advantage and you know the numbers are a little misleading just because WSU shot so poorly from the field so even though they were out rebounded in total rebounds they actually grabbed a higher percentage of offensive rebounds so uh technically I mean they won the the rebounding battle but it sure didn't feel that way I mean the Shockers were able to come up with 15 offensive rebounds the problem was they just didn't get a you know they didn't do much with those second chance opportunities so um, because of Missouri's size and length and athleticism. So that they really controlled, uh, I felt like, the, the game on the defensive end where it just felt like WSU struggled to get, you know, good quality, clean looks. And um, and so that that's the challenge for WSU moving forward. You know, they're going to have to have a better effort from the, the center position. You know, Morris Udeze, only three rebounds. Isaiah Porbear Chandler, only two rebounds. Uh, you know, two defensive rebounds uh, between them. So 
that's not going to cut it going forward. Those guys have to get better, more involved, you know, in the rebounding effort. I know WSU's centers, uh, you know, they're the ones blocking out, you know, paving the way for, for the guards and, and wings to swoop in and get the rebounds, but still, you know, you're going to have to get a few more rebounds than, you know, four combined from, uh, or five combined from the, the center position going forward. It was interesting. I saw that you tweeted it today that had Wichita State made the shots, or I guess there's this analytics group that looks at it. Had they made the shots that they, they usually would, they actually would have won the game. And I guess that's uh, funny to say, like, yeah, yeah if yeah. you made more shots, you it's will win. It's a make-or-miss league, right? It's a make-or-miss league. <laughs> but, but just maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's it, it was interesting. I haven't got a chance to rewatch uh, the game yet, but I think the point of that tweet uh, – I'll just read you. It's from Shot Quality. Uh, they have a. I've, I just uh, found out about them actually when they tagged me in that tweet. But it looks like they have a, a pretty interesting website. If fans want to check that out, you know the, the stat nerds out there. But uh, yeah, it says WSU lost by ten, but based on the shot selections, uh, both teams got in the game. Which I'll say it wins the game fifty-eight percent of the time. Uh, the Shockers are overall were expected to score fourteen more points than they actually did. So that kind of takes into account. Uh, where teams are taking shots. Uh, I mean, it it does, according to their algorithm, it, it does uh, factor in kind of the quality of defense. I'm a little skeptical because it, it, it felt like, you know, watching the game firsthand that WSU was struggling to get good looks, like I said. So I'm a, I was a little, I'm pretty surprised to see that. But, you know, who knows? I'll go back and rewatch the game and see if I – uh, if I see what, what that uh, algorithm said, but yeah, I mean, it's just kind of interesting to, to look at that. You know, I guess the takeaway from that is that WSU, the shots on the floor or wherever they were taking the shots on the floor, they were high percentage looks. Now, I don't know if that, you know, completely factors in, you know, that the length and athleticism of Missouri, uh, who probably had a lot to do with uh, WSU missing their shots, but um, I, I guess that is a positive takeaway, you know, coming away from that that loss against Missouri. Missouri shot 48% from the field. They were plus 10 in points in the paint. They were plus 9 in fast break points. And they just took down Oregon, which is ranked. So, I mean, I, this is a, a good opponent that was in here. Quanzo Martin seems to have the Tigers headed in the right direction. Yeah, it, it, man, it's hard to believe they were picked 10th in the SEC and uh, you know, I guess a lot of coaches were just not very optimistic on uh, on them coming in. But uh, man, that's a that's a veteran team, a lot of seniors, a lot of juniors, uh, and you could tell. Uh, you know, on Sunday, especially against a WSU team, that's what I wrote about today is that they just need game experience and they need practice experience. And uh, you know, they have seven newcomers, and uh, you know that time together on the court is so valuable. And that's why it's so disappointing. You know, these last two weeks where. You know, COVID-19 has is, is, uh, certainly played a role and uh, kind of limited them and, and what they've been able to do. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you could tell, you know, the difference uh, with Missouri. I mean, that's just a, a team that's played together a long time and an older team. And, and you saw uh, kind of the difference in level that they were able to play with on Sunday. And um, yeah, I mean, that that's uh, something that WSU can, can learn from. And uh, I think, uh, the, the more the Shockers play together, the more these guys get to play and practice together, the full 13, I think uh, they're only going to get better. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much we can take away from these first two games just because they're undermanned and, you know, so many different factors going into it. So um, I think you you can just be encouraged by that the Shockers are able to, to win that first game and, and, you know, put up a pretty decent fight against Missouri. Like you said, a really talented Missouri team. And, 
they're looking like a top 25 team, NCAA tournament team. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward. I mean, there's a lot of – doesn't get any easier for the Shockers. I mean, Oklahoma State brings in the, the number one recruit, Kate Cunningham. I mean, this guy's going to be, uh, you know, a top NBA pick. So, it uh, doesn't get any easier from here on out. But uh, Shockers now kind of have some experience under the belt. One thing that I thought was interesting in that game is – Wichita State's defense against Penson, their leading scorer, their top guy, like they really yeah, did a good excellent. job of bottling him up. Yeah, I think uh, he was like one for 13, right? Yeah, one for 13, and, and he was an engine that makes him go. So they got help from other places. That's what an experienced team does. But um, credit to Dexter Dennis. I know he was one of the guys that I saw defending him out on the perimeter, did a really good job. So, you know, I, I know that that Dex wants to be making more of those shots. He wants to be more of a factor on the offense. He got some of those to fall, probably not at the clip that he wants, but, you know, to his credit, his defense has been um, on point these first two games. Yeah, I think uh, Dexter's doing all the little things uh, well, things that he can control, um, you know, in terms of effort, defense, rebounding. Uh, He's off to a really good rebounding start this season. You know, three offensive boards against Missouri, two blocks, a steal, um, made three of five threes. So, you know, the stroke was going well from behind the arc. But, you know, the problem is just finishing inside the arc. And, you know, that's where he has to get better. And we've talked about it. that's kind of been the story of his career so far. And in terms of, uh, you know, just trying to harness this uh, tremendous athletic ability and getting it to translate to making shots, you know, at the rim and, you know, 0 for 6 on twos against Missouri. Um, just off the top of my head, I can remember one where he, he did really well to, to get to the rim, wide open layup, and he just, you know, misses it. So those are the shots that are probably going to fall over the course of the season. But that's definitely something where, where Dexter has to get better at. And, you know, he's kind of off to a you know a slow offensive start uh, to the season. You know, where we had heard this before, it seems like, you know, the last two seasons, same thing. Uh, starts slow and then heats up and just goes crazy, you know, down the stretch. So. Uh, obviously, WSU wants him to to warm up a little earlier this season, and and they need him because you know this this team needs offensive uh, points, and uh, you know the better that he plays on offense, that's just going to open things up more for you know Tyson Etienne, Altrey Gilbert, uh, guys like that. The win by Missouri snaps a 16-game non-conference home winning streak for the Shockers. Their last home non-conference loss was that Louisiana Tech game the opener a couple years ago. We saw Tyson lead the Shockers in scoring with 14, but also Monzi Jackson had 14 points against the Tigers. And Taylor, I don't know about your opinion, and in the first two games, from what I see, he seems to be the biggest surprise or biggest area to to get excited about uh, with his play these first two games. Yeah, absolutely. He's probably been the, you know, uh, obviously you don't want to take away from Tyson, you know, what he did that first game, but in terms of just consistently good play. I mean, Clarence Jackson, definitely the, probably the MVP of, uh, of WSU is certainly, you know, the biggest surprise, uh, you know, he's been able to, uh, you know, get double digit points, uh, both games off the bench or actually hit nine, nine points the first game, but, you know, hit the game's biggest shot, hit that corner three ball, uh, to break the 78 all tie with under three minutes left. So, you know, he was ready to step up and make the, the game's biggest shot. And then, against Missouri. I mean, he was, he looked like the only one that had life, you know, in the first half. I think uh, when WSU uh, made that, that first run uh, at the lead in the first half, uh, Monzi had you know, six straight points. And uh, yeah, Conzo Martin, um, uh, he, he really complimented him after the game, Missouri's coach, and said that he, you know, he, he dominated that, that matchup and they were really surprised. 
and they did you know did not expect that from him. So I think he's catching you know, a lot of these teams off guard, and you know that's not going to be the case now that there's film on him and and teams are, are seeing you know the, the motor that this guy plays with. And yeah, you just gotta love you know seeing him. I mean, he just plays you know 100 percent. You know, hair on fire is, is how Dexter Dennis described it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think for a guy that just plays that hard, you know, you're gonna you're gonna you know manufacture points, and uh, that's uh, even when your shot's not falling. I mean, he's just gonna be able to to be involved in the game. You know, four offensive rebounds against Missouri. Uh, you know, uh, 14 points off the bench. So uh, yeah, really bright spot. And uh, I think he's he's definitely maybe not surprised WSU coaches because they they really expected him to be good, but uh, very, uh, very satisfied with, you know, his start to the season. How much of a difference do you think not having fans has made an impact? I mean, specifically for a team like Wichita State that's used to, you know, a fairly raucous home environment? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it definitely, uh, and we talked about that before the season, is that, you know, some of these teams, it doesn't really have much of an impact because, you know, a lot of the major conference schools, um, you know, they're, they're football first and, you know, trying to attract fans in November and December is just really tough for them. So, you know, it's not like they have, you know, raucous environments, uh, you know, in the, in the non-conference play, but for WSU, you know, obviously basketball is king here and, uh, you know, they'd have 10,000 plus every, every game. So I think it, it definitely has a huge impact, especially for a team this young. And yeah, you could just kind of feel points in Sunday's game where, you know, they, they really needed, you know, the crowd behind them. And, you know, you, you would have thought of, you know, when they, they made that run and, and got within three, you know, Cocorino would have been rocking, you know, uh, maybe something different happens, you know, maybe it affects Missouri. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of what ifs, but yeah, it, it definitely has affected WSU more than others. And uh, yeah, I mean, you think back to that first game against Oral Roberts, you know, how crazy would, you know, the, the WSU crowd be going with uh, Tyson at you know, going on that heater. I mean, that was kind of reminiscent of uh, kind of like the Austin Reeves game against Tulsa, all those years ago where I think he had like seven or eight threes and, uh, to get to watch Tyson, you know, uh, go on a heater like that, that would have uh, definitely excited the crowd. And, uh, yeah, just missing out on a lot of, a lot of fun moments. So hopefully we can get fans back in the stands, uh, here in, in January, February, but, you know, obviously if the, you know, the safety, if, if they're able to, to, to do it safely. One of the biggest questions all season long will be how the team replaces the production of Echenique. If there was one disappointment, it's that uh, not getting a whole lot of production out of the five spot right now. Uh, do, do you see that improving at all, or is this going to be a pretty consistent theme all season long? And I, I know this team's going to be guard-driven, but they got to get a little bit more out of that five spot than they're getting right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I can tell you that WSU is – definitely optimistic that you know uh the production for Udeze is going to improve uh, they really like the work that he did this summer uh you know uh cutting up his body they felt like he was in better shape and you know obviously he's got the green light to, to shoot a three that hasn't gone so well so far i mean over two and both of those have missed pretty badly but um yeah he needs to be better closer to the basket and be you know more of a consistent uh presence for wsu i know he's only shooting 33 percent you know, on two pointers. So that, that's got to be better. That's got to be above 50%, you know, for a center, uh, you know, he was at 61% last year. So um, I think you can see that you can, you can expect to see that get closer to what he was doing last year and, you know, shots, uh, you know, he's getting some good looks, you know, he, he, he's got some moves down there where he's able to, 
uh, when he catches the ball in the post, he's able to get to the rim and, and get a pretty good look. It's just, you know, you got to finish them. And um, so I think that's going to revert closer back to, you know, about what he does on average. So, uh, you know, obviously Missouri has, has a size advantage on him uh, where he's trying to score over a 6'10", 6'11", dude. So um, I think it can improve going forward. But, yeah, I mean, obviously WSU is going to need a lot more production from the, the center position going forward. And, and that was, you know, that was kind of the, the one concern in the starting lineup this year. And I think another player, you know, Trey Wade, that's another guy that's kind of off to a slow start. Uh, hasn't had, you know, uh, he's been solid, but just hasn't made, you know, a big impact in either game. You know, only two points against Missouri, uh, seven points against Oral Roberts. So, uh, you know, only seven combined rebounds so far. So I would expect him to have more of an impact on games and have, you know, his fingerprints. Uh, you know, he, he was kind of a guy that did a lot of the things that Monty's doing uh, last year. So I think, uh, you know, the more he kind of gets acclimated, I think he's going to start to have a bigger impact on these games too. I think the biggest thing you got to ask from from all these guys is consens- consistency. And I know it's difficult, and in 2020 has been anything but not consistent. But you know, you you see, you know, even just take Tyson, you'd be able to score 26 one game, and not saying you got to repeat that every single time, but just trying to, you know, put as many of those guys together uh, to to kind of build up to something as possible is is uh, what you're looking for, and hopefully as the roster returns to full this week, they'll get a little bit more of that. Who's maybe someone that has not been playing due to the uh, quarantine and the COVID restrictions that you think will be able to have more of an impact now that they're coming back? Yeah, I think Craig Porter is going to help out a lot at both of the guard positions. And You know, uh, Coach IB said he can play all three. Of the, I mean, he can play the one, the two, and the three. So I think he's going to help out. Um, everyone I've talked to this summer just said this, this dude is a dog. Uh, kind of like the clearance of the guard position. So um, he just gets after it on the defensive end, very smooth on the offensive end. And he's not going to do anything that, that wows you. He's not going to be, you know, like Alteri, kind of like the wizard with the basketball. But I think he can. Uh, he's going to be a really solid player for WSU. He's going to help help out on both ends and just provide more guard depth because, you know, right now that's, that's kind of where they're struggling with. But it just had, you know, Trevin Wade kind of uh, able to play the one and the two. So I think Craig's going to make – an instant impact for the Shockers. And also another guy, you know, a lot of fans are looking forward to, you know, Joseph Apalau, uh the, the 6'10 forward from France. Uh, maybe he's the answer that maybe the spark at, at center that WSU needs. He was at the game on Sunday, uh, didn't suit up, but uh, it was an encouraging sign to see him at least out there. So that tells me that he's probably going to be at practice, uh, the next practice on, on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, I mean, if he, I mean, he had that, that, uh, surgery in the off season, I've heard it's kind of been an up and down battle for him. It just seems like this guy cannot catch a break with, you know, the, the surgery getting hurt, uh, then, you know, having to sit out two weeks due to the COVID stuff. So, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, he can get healthy and, uh, cause you know, before the surgery, you know, coaches were telling me this guy is a, you know, a monster on the defensive end. They are really, really excited to see him. Uh, they're saying he was, you know, a killer in, in practice at the end of last season. So um, they were really excited about him. But, you know, anytime you have surgery and you're trying to come back from that, it's going to be, you know, an uphill battle. So uh, we'll see how he recovers. Uh, but I would say those two guys were making an immediate impact. Uh, and then the two other freshmen, you know, Chauncey Jenkins and Jaden Seymour, uh, I'm sure they're going to get their, their chances to, to impress. And I thought Ricky Council looked really good against Missouri. He was kind of another bright spot, very smooth. Uh, he's going to be a big-time scorer, you know, I think eventually. But, 
I think those freshmen, uh, they're going to, you know, have limited minutes, uh, no downside. Uh, I think a lot of fans forget that this is basically a free season for everyone. So, um, you know, the NCAA has already said that, you know, this does not account against eligibility. Yes, even for the seniors. So, you know, if Trey Wade and all three Gilbert wants to come back next year, uh, they will be able to do that. So, um, no, no risk of, you know, burning a redshirt season. So I think we'll see all three of those freshmen uh, get, you know, limited minutes going forward. Uh, but I would say Porter, Bilal, those are, those are the two big ones that are going to help right away. I think these next few weeks is really important for the development of this team. They have six days off between the Missouri home game and Oklahoma State. Uh, we start conference play next week, which is crazy. They go at Tulsa next Tuesday, but then they have a whole week off from December 15th to December 22nd uh, before they play USF. So really, you know, having some time to get in the gym and hopefully get together, get the game plan together, and, and we'll see a little bit more smoother of an attack uh, here coming up in these next few weeks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they just need to get back to the full 13 guys. And I think that's going to, it's going to be huge. And, you know, even then, you know, you only get a, a handful of games or a handful of days uh, together before that Oklahoma state matchup. So still, you know, this team is kind of behind schedule in terms of just the uh, available practice time and, uh, you know, losing those three games in South Dakota really hurt too. You have to remember that because you know, those were going to be three games of, of valuable experience. And, uh, that was taken away too. You know, a lot of the practice time was taken away. So, you know, obviously not ideal circumstances to start the season. And especially, you know, when you're transitioning to a new coach too. So yeah, a lot of factors going against the shockers right now, but I can tell you that uh, the players have, have really banded together. Uh, Dexter Dennis said, you know, this is the, the closest uh, the locker room has felt, um, you know, in his time there. And uh, I think these guys, through all this adversity and, you know, all the, all the, you know, the off season noise that happened, uh, it's brought them closer together. And, you know, these guys are really, you know, you know, loving on each other, relying on each other. And, um, I think in some ways it's made them closer off the court. Now they have to, you know, get that on court chemistry. Uh, and that comes with just playing together and hopefully they'll be able to, yeah, string a couple of days together and, uh, be able to, to practice, you know, full five on five this week. What do you think the leader of the team is currently? You know, I get the sense that uh, Tyson Etienne has a huge voice on this on this team. Uh, just very, very um, vocal, uh, obviously well spoken. Uh, you know, he's he's able to uh, really, you know, capture. I think he's like the the fiery, you know, speech kind of guy. I think Dexter Dennis, Mo Udeze, uh guys like that, just because they've been around the program for three years, uh, they're they're also leaders. They have a voice on this team. Uh, those those three players are the ones that lead, um, you know, pregame warmups, um, everything, you know, team functions, stuff like that. So um, those are kind of the three that have separated themselves. And, you know, obviously Trey Wade being a senior has a voice, you know, all three Gilbert, you know, having five years of college experience, he has a voice. But I think the, the leaders on this team, Dexter, Mo, just because they've been here the longest, but if you're asking, you know, the heart and soul of the team, I think that's Tyson Etienne. Shockers currently ranked 106 in the Ken Palm rankings, so lots of uh, upward mobility or upward movement that they have there. They'll take on the number 36-ranked team in Ken Palm on Saturday. That's the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Game tips off at 2 p.m., and we broadcast on ESPN+. Plus. For whatever it's worth, I watched the Oral Roberts game on ESPN+. Plus. Seemed to go fairly smooth. Uh, although my friend, he had to take about 25 minutes talking to his older parents on how to get them on there. So for everyone that's <laughs> listening, go over to your you know older Shocker friend's house. 
or your, whether it's family or friends, get them logged in on the ESPN Plus so you don't have to go through that kind of pain. But, uh, Taylor, when we look at the Cowboys, they're 4-0, and uh, had a good win over Marquette in the Big 12 Big East Challenge. You've already mentioned Cade Cunningham, but uh, what, what type of team do you expect to come in here on Saturday? Yeah, they're uh, very talented, and, you know, obviously I mentioned Cunningham. He's going to get a lot of the a lot of the headlines just because, you know, he's a, he's a big time player. Like I said, you know, uh, for sure, you know, top three NBA pick, but uh, you know, Mike Boynton has, has done a really, really good job with this Oklahoma state team and they are a defensive terror. So, you know, you saw what Missouri was able to do to WSU on Sunday. I think uh, Oklahoma state is going to have the, uh, you know, they have the pieces to do a lot of the same. So that's why it's so important for WSU to, you know, uh, watch on tape in the gym and, you know, work on, spreading the floor, spacing, uh, and just being able to attack the ball screens because, you know, Missouri's length and athleticism really uh, kind of shrunk the floor on Altery Gilbert and WSU's guards. So um, I think you're going to see another team that's going to get out and, and defend uh, really, really well. And, uh, you know, it's not just the Cade Cunningham show. You know, they have some other players that are, are uh, really good. You know, the Boone brothers, uh, both of them are, uh, you know, very talented uh, players. And, um I think uh, um, Isaac uh, Lakeley. I, I think I'm saying his name right. He he was the one that missed uh, last season uh, uh, in WSU's win, but he's back and you know looking really good. So uh, they're they're very excited about this team, and uh, you know obviously they they have that NCAA ban on them, so uh, they they won't be able to play in the postseason this year. But they're motivated to you know make the season count with Cade. Um, you know probably the only season he's going to be there. So this is a really talented team. They're deep. Uh, they're they're experienced. They have. Um, they're actually they're a pretty young team um, compared to, to Missouri. But uh, I mean, they have some nice pieces. So uh, this is going to be a very very big challenge for uh, for WSU for sure. They play Oral Roberts on Tuesday prior to coming to Wichita on Saturday. So another common opponent there. So far through four games, they average 78.5 points per game and allow 66.5. They shoot at 46% from the field, 34% from three, and they are plus four in their rebounding margin right now. So it'll be another important day for the Shockers on the glass. Talk about Cade. He's averaging 18 points per game now and and, uh, really has been everything that that people thought he'd be yeah he's going to be a load to handle you know 6 8 220 uh you know he's got guard skills uh can really attack the basket and um it'll, i'll be curious to see you know who wsu starts out on him um he's got a little bit of a, a, a stroke uh, he hasn't been shooting threes as much but is shooting 46 percent uh you know on a low clip but you know that's, that's super effective if you can shoot it at that high of a clip. So, um, you know, six, eight, two twenty. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big matchup for Dexter Dennis, but, uh, I would suspect that he probably starts out on him. Maybe they put, you know, Trey Wade. Um, uh, it will be interesting to see because, you know, that's going to be the, the number one, uh, you know, name you have to deal with on the scouting report is how do we defend Kate Cunningham? So, um, that's going to be one of the best uh, challenges for, for Dexter, you know, in his three year career, he shut down some, some pretty good players over the years. So, um, he's going to get a chance to to really prove himself on Saturday. Biggest keys to the game, in your opinion? Yeah, I think for WSU, it's just uh, improved offense. You know, finishing uh, shots inside. A lot of the stuff that we've already talked about. You know, Morris Udeze, uh, You know, finishing shots. Trey Wade being a little bit more involved. Um, I think they're going to be fine from the perimeter. I think uh, you know they're going to be a pretty good uh, shooting team. Altery Gilbert has uh, his his three point shot is uh, surprising. He's 
he's looked really, uh, really comfortable shooting uh, from deep. And uh, I think the shots will fall from the outside. So for WSU, it's going to really be about just, you know, uh, uh, scoring on two pointers. And uh, how do they do that? You know, you got to be better in the ball screens. You got to be more effective uh, against Missouri. You know, they were really just stonewalled and uh, Missouri had the athletes to, to really hang with them on the outside. And then they have the athletes on the inside uh, to, to prevent them from getting easy looks at the rim. So uh, WC is just going to have to execute much better. They're going to have to have better spacing and um, yeah, just have a few shots go in. I think it's uh, kind of like what Brian said, you know, it's a make or miss league at the end of the day. I mean, you got to make shots and, uh, and then on defense, yeah, they just, uh, they've been solid. So I, I don't think that defense is, is too much of a concern. You got to rebound better. Um, make sure you limit second chance opportunities. So um, they're just going to try to tighten things up. And, uh, you know, for as poorly as I thought they played against Missouri, you know, you look up and they're only down four at halftime and uh, they really did well scrapping and clawing their way into that game. And, you know, if a few shots fall in the second half, uh, that they probably feel like they, they normally fall it from deep, uh, you know, that, that could be a very different game. So I think that's just going to have to be the difference on Saturday against Oklahoma State is some of these shots that, that, that missed against Missouri, they're going to have to go in if they want to compete against Oklahoma State, who, who looks to be, you know, every bit as good as that Missouri team. One thing I noticed in the in the Missouri game is it seemed like they did in that second half miss a lot of good quality wide open looks. Jackson, Wade, Etienne, and and Dexter all had good quality wide open looks at various points in that second half. That you're right. I think if if a couple of those go down, you know, it starts to to change the momentum of that game. Yeah, and I mean that goes back to that shot quality stat too that that said that you know on average. Uh, WSU had the better looks and you know if they shoot just an average uh, you know an average shot or an average uh, you know percentage then uh, they win that game more times than not so that that is an encouraging thing like I said I have not gone back and, and rewatched the game but uh, um, yeah that, that'll be something I'll, I'll definitely be watching for is you know how, how those looks in the second half were and uh you know if wsu was just you know playing out missing wide open shots and that then you know that's something they can work with you know if they're at least getting good clean wide open looks um that's something they they can work with going forward conference play starts next week so it's time to put it together you don't really have a whole lot of opportunity to you know go out and play you know east digibooty state and and get your team right you you got to get it going now so hopefully they'll be able to put it together with you know six days here in between games to to get right before the Cowboys come to town. I was just going to say that's pretty crazy. You know, it's you, you only play three games, and now you know conference season's already here. So it's just uh, it's such a unique season, and it just feels like uh, I mean, obviously we are starting conference play you know earlier than ever, but uh, uh, yeah, it just is crazy just how how quick this the schedule is going. Producer Brian's got some buy or sell for us. Okay, so one of the things we've seen out of that Missouri game, you know, obviously the rebounding needs to get better, but one thing I noticed is it seemed like every time Wichita State made a run, got to string together a couple of baskets, it seemed like they gave up several wide-open, easy transition opportunities to Missouri. So buy or sell, the easiest thing for this Wichita State team to clean up going forward is going to be that transition defense, just that attention to detail and effort to make sure that you don't give up easy looks like that. We'll start with you, Taylor. 
Yeah, I'll buy that. I think that's uh, that's uh, definitely something I'm going to be writing about this week. Was uh, I mean, you're you're right. I mean, every time they they got within three points, I think of the lead, they would give up uh, a basket immediately on the other end. Uh, you know, in transition, and that's just uh, you know pure effort. And I think uh, the the lack of players, the lack of depth, uh, that's where that stuff kind of plays in. Where you know WSU is kind of you know uh, on thin legs and. Uh, not getting back. I mean, that's just uh, kind of a lack of attention to details. And I know Coach Brown made that a huge emphasis in his scouting report uh, going into that Missouri game. So, um, you know, at some point that's just got to be on the players being aware of, you know, just uh, laying their guard down. I mean, they relaxed just for, you know, a couple seconds and that's all it took. And, you know, Missouri is a veteran team and they were able to push the ball hard in transition and and get a lot of easy looks, and that those are just so backbreaking when you're on a run like that, and uh, you you finally get a you know a good good uh, momentum on the offensive end. You make a basket, and then you you know negate it you know within seconds on the other end by giving another one up. So uh, that that's definitely something they can easily clean up. I'll buy that, and I think Taylor's explanation was great. So <laughs> sounds good to me. Yeah. Okay, well we'll start with you on this one, Dustin. You know we talk about how much. Wichita State missed having those five scholarship players to start the season, all the practice time that they're missing as a result of that, you know, the co- positive COVID tests within within the team. Do you think that that has shaken up things enough where the players are going to be more careful, making sure they do everything they can? Because, you know, whether or not you're, you yourself are at risk or you of, of being seriously ill for a long time, just the breakdown of not being available to play for two weeks, the the challenges that that puts on your teammates, do you think that that situation sobers everybody up? And by or sell, do you think that's the last time that we have to deal with positive COVID tests within the Wichita State camp? I'm going to sell that. I think it happens again. I think it's happened, you know, too much across the board with all sorts of teams. I do think they're being as careful as possible um, with the contact tracing. Sometimes it's you don't even have it. You're just close to someone that has it, and, and that kind of brings it down. We've talked about, I mean, just look at college football. There's college football teams barely able to play these last few weeks and players opting out, and, and that's with a much larger roster. So, unfortunately, I think it's something that's that's here to stay, and they'll probably have to uh, to work around all season. Yeah, I'm going to buy that as well. I think Dustin, uh, you know, spot on. Um, It is a little encouraging. The CDC, uh, you know, changed its guidelines where the the quarantine is uh, fewer now. So uh, with a a negative test, they can come back in seven days. And then if you don't have a test, I mean, obviously WSU is going to be testing. So if they, uh, the quarantine is down to basically a week, you know, after, uh, if you're just deemed a, a close contact and, uh, if you have no symptoms and you test test negative, uh, they're going to be able to come back uh, a week from instead of 14 days, which is what you know kind of uh, cost WSU a few players in this last two games. So, um, but I still I, I still think it's going to be an issue all season. Uh, like Dustin said, I mean it's not just WSU; it's it's nationwide. So, um, just the odds are that they're going to have you know at least one more game canceled because of this. So one of one of the things I was curious about, Taylor, you had mentioned that the change in the guidelines from the CDC has the American Conference adopted those new guidelines yet, or and how soon do you think they will be? Uh, when the spokesperson I talked to said they were expecting to uh, very shortly. Uh, they said they had not uh, before Sunday's game. I'm not. I'm still not sure why. You know, Ricky Council Council was able to to be cleared um, by WSU and other players were not. Um, 
that question did not get asked in the post game uh, press conference, but hopefully we can get some, you know, resolution on that. But um, yeah, so I'm still, it's still kind of unclear. I mean, WSU hasn't exactly been, you know, super forth, uh, forthright with these COVID numbers. Uh, so they haven't been, in, I mean, they, they say, you know, it's personnel records, so it's, it's private information, but, you know, you've seen a lot of, a lot of programs around the country be pretty forthright, pretty transparent about, you know, what's going on. So, uh, unfortunately, that hasn't been the case with WSU, and you know they're kind of leaving people to play the guessing game. And uh, you know, even even on uh, Sunday's game, I mean, they're still not saying these players are out due to COVID. They're just saying it's a non-discipline, uh, non-disciplinary uh, reason. So, um, yeah, I think that, that those changes should be made, though. Uh, I would expect this week, and I think going forward, the, those changes will be adopted by you know the American and then also the Central County uh, Health Department too. All right, moving on, Taylor. You know, we talked about uh, the lack of production at the center position, not really um, being able to get much there. Does Wichita State, buy or sell, should they consider going to more of a small ball lineup with a lot of long, quick, athletic guys? We have been impressed with Jackson and the energy he has brought off the bench. Ricky Council looks like a pretty smooth operator, long and athletic. You get other guys like Joseph at Blau on the roster. You've got Dexter Dennis, who can punch above his weight and height a little bit as well. We've seen that in the past. So do you start to consider, you know, maybe maybe there's some other ways that we can play. We can start trying to get more athleticism on the floor. That sounds good in theory, and normally I'm I'm all about the small ball lineups, but I think in this case I'll sell it. Um, I think they could experiment with that stuff in in bits, uh, you know, in short bursts. But uh, I think overall, I mean, they're just gonna have to play, you know, a, a traditional five with Udeze. Uh, and I I know, I mean, the coaches are high on him. I know he hasn't gotten off to a great start, and a lot of fans are probably frustrated with his play. But uh, I think uh, you can expect improvement from him and. Um, you know, the experimentation with uh, Trey Wade at the five so far, you know, hasn't been exactly, you know, uh, a rousing results. You know, he hasn't been able to take advantage of those matchups, uh, at least on the offensive end. And, you know, that's the whole reason of playing small ball is to, to be able to take advantage of mismatches. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Trey's just going to have to be more involved. Uh, is that at the four or the five? I think WSU has to find that answer at the four to, to start with. And, you know, if things just aren't working, you know, two, three weeks from now, I think that that's the time to maybe switch to that. But for now, I think that they need to, you know, uh, stay stick to the system and uh, play, play Mo and, and poor bear at the five. I agree about sticking to the system, but if there ever were a league that you could maybe get away with it, I would think it'd be the American. There's not any, you know, big imposing, you know, fives in the league, at least in my opinion, for the most part, it's more of those kind of stretch four type guys. And so, you know, maybe once we get in the conference play, they might have some success with that. All right, and finally, we've talked about the lack of fans in the arena and what potential impact it could be having on the game. So buy or sell the Wichita State fans, the home environment at Coke Arena is usually worth eight-plus points per game. I'm going to sell that. Eight seems a little excessive. If if you would have gone three to five, I, you <laughs> could have got in there, but... Uh... I don't know. They just lost by 10 to Missouri. Do I think that game would have been different had fans been in there? Unfortunately not. I mean, they just got, you know, kind of big boyed too many times. But uh, it certainly makes a difference. And we talked about the slow starts. They had slow starts in both halves. 
the first half and the second half against Missouri. And there is something to be said about just like the energy from the crowd and when you got the pep band and all the people standing up and clapping for defense and stuff. And so do I eight points? I can't go eight points, but I, I definitely think it has made a difference. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, guys like Clarence Jackson would absolutely thrive on thrive on the crowd noise too, and uh, he would be uh, beloved by the the WSU crowd. Uh, I'm sure he'd be you know hyping hyping fans up. Uh, I'm gonna sell that too. I think eight is a little high. I think W uh, Coke Arena is definitely one of the best home court advantages uh, you know in the country. Uh, eight though, I, I think that's a little high. Like Dustin said, I think you know maybe that five point range. Um, maybe that's what it's good for, but. Uh, um, yeah, I think eight is just a little bit too high. And, you know, I might give it to you at Allen Fieldhouse because the crowd makes up for it, and then the refs always give KU some BS calls <laughs> when they're at home. So, yeah, I'll give you eight points if we're going to include the guys in stripes along with the crowd up in Lawrence. But in Wichita, we, we don't seem to have those luxuries. All righty. Well, big game against Oklahoma State on Saturday, and then conference play starts next week with a road matchup against Tulsa. We'll get you ready for the Tulsa and South Florida matchups on our next show. And, uh, Taylor, any uh, interesting stories or things coming out at Kansas.com this week? Uh, yeah. Uh, so far, just a lot of uh, – I'll have uh, some video breakdowns planned. Uh, I hope to get in touch with Ron Baker this week. and. Uh, maybe talk about life after basketball. It seems like he's, uh, you know, hanging up, uh, hanging up the basketball shoes, and uh, he's gonna uh, just become a, a businessman now in Wichita. So I think uh, just the injuries caught up with him, and uh, you know, obviously he made a lot of money. He's he's doing really well for himself, and I think he's ready to start, you know, that sector second chapter of his life. So uh, yeah, hopefully talk to him and, and kind of uh, get an update on you know what life is like for him and. Uh, you know, obviously touch on some other stuff and uh, see what he says. So uh, hopefully we can have that this week. And, uh, yeah, just kind of take advantage of, you know, a little bit of a break here and, um, you know, do some story, uh, some uh, brainstorming and uh, get some interesting stuff uh, up on uh, Kansas.com this week. Yeah, with the high school football playoffs and basketball and everything else, when when you been sleeping these days? <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, that's been the crazy part is, yeah, I've had to, to do high school sports. And, uh, yeah, right now it's just like uh, it's a it's a whirlwind of, of, you know, WSU basketball season starting and then, you know, high school football. And now you have to do all the postseason stuff, like all Metro, all state. Um, and that's just, you know, this took me forever back when I was just the press reporter. And this was the only thing I had to do. And, you know, now it's I'm having to juggle that with WSU basketball. So, yeah, not a lot of sleep, but, you know. To quote John uh, Rothstein, we sleep in May. <laughs> yeah, I heard the grind, in fact, does not stop. <laughs> no. All right, well, have a good week. We'll be back with you next week, and uh, hopefully we're celebrating some shocker victories. And Taylor, what should those listeners do? Rate the five stars. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net.